and what was that? <laughs> it was me ang- actually pun- <laughs> accidentally punching a lamp. Oh. <laughs> I kind of want to keep. I, wa- I kind of want to keep this in the intro. So yeah, this is the Feedback Force podcast, uh, the game design analysis podcast of the Defender community. I'm Kelso. I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. The lamp puncher. The newest superhero, lamp puncher. I've been moving around this lamp so I can get some light into my computer. Oh yeah, I have. Oh right, is it still upside down your computer? Oh, is yes. it? Oh, wow. Oh, good. <laughs> well, my graphics card is officially screwed now. Oh. But I'm getting a new one tomorrow, so. That's good. Did you like? Did you find a good price on one, or are they still? terribly expensive due to crypto mining. I mean, they're still pretty bad. Yeah. I... I've been thinking about, like, I need... I don't need to get a new graphics card uh, immediately, but I would like one. (laughs) Um, I've been there. I mean, I've got a 960 because... Like I don't, I don't typically play a whole lot of games. You don't need one. Yeah, I know. I I don't, and I don't typically play a whole lot of games that like really, really require uh, that anything more than that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't need it, but I, want, I want one after seeing all the all the new shit. So, uh, but important question, Carl, is your hand okay? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay. That's true. I I'm proud of your computer though for chugging along um, upside down for however long it's been doing that. Yeah. It's working like normal. Nice. <laughs> I mean that's good. Sometimes you just gotta you know know the right. It's like Fonzie like hitting the jukebox in just the right spot, right? You just gotta mm-hmm. know how to talk to it a little bit. Yep. And sometimes that means turning it upside down. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever works. And this is apparently working for you, so... Well, it's not. Oh. Well, at least you're getting a new card, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apologies, by the way, because I'm probably going to end up clearing my throat a lot. Um, I'm not sure why, but, like, something I had for lunch is just, like, not sitting well in my throat. <coughs> That's fair. Like that. I'm, I'm sort of in the same boat, uh, because I had I had pizza. We talked about the pizza that I had for lunch uh, <laughs> before we started the episode, um, and uh, I okay. I don't want to. I don't want both of us to be constantly. So I will. I will try to refrain. Well, I was gonna say I have a water bottle here too, so I can also try to drink a lot of water, which should help. Yeah. Ideally, same. we don't bother either, uh, like, any of our listeners with our throat clearing. Yes. Just, uh, long, long pauses to drink water, like, yep. like this. I mean, we could also, uh, we could also, as a long-term solution, uh, get a Patreon and then have people pay us enough that we could take time to edit the podcast and, like, edit out throat clearings. That's true. Or edit in. <laughs> or edit in the throat clearings. <laughs> 
Yeah, if, if when we're really annoyed with people. Yeah, if we get a Patreon and people actually give us money, the first fucking thing I'm gonna do is get one of those annoying, dumbass, like, soundboards that terrible <laughs> podcast. It's just gonna be like Audio Lab, but a billion times worse. That's what that's. That's a, what... That's a great. That's a great uh, incentive for people to never pay us money for this. Yeah, totally. Uh, I look. I don't know if any of you have listened to Audio Lab, but I hate it. I have not. I, have it, not. I am not. It's. I think it. I think it's like an NPR thing, but they do like little. It's like an audio documentary sort of thing like it's not really news they just talk about topics like I remember an episode that I listened to was they talked about like the the culture of being a a like J-pop or K-pop idol and this, how this is not is it this is not to be confused with Radio Lab. Radio Lab that's what I was okay. thinking yeah okay shit, sorry. I have heard of Radio Lab wow I'm audio. Yeah, Audio Lab is like audio screen Lab, software was or something. Some kind of show where they just like developed new sound effects. No, <laughs> no, um, no. I am talking about Radio Lab. I am also a dumbass. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they they do these little like little bits, and then they they just constantly are editing ambient sound effects into it, and it's so grating to me. Like I was walking down the street footstep sounds and I a car drove by there's the sound of a car like that's not necessary <laughs> that's fair so I could see like I've never actually I, I know of this show but I have not actually listened to it I could see how that would get annoying yeah after a while yeah I am also I am not only a dumbass I'm also just kind of a curmudgeon so <laughs> well someone has to be yeah so I mean I think I think Carl and I take turns being the curmudgeon of the podcast. Yeah, now that Thanos is not here to do it full time. Yeah. Someone, uh, someone's got to shoulder that burden. Yeah. So, so I have a thing that uh, I did this uh, in the past couple weeks that I think Kelso will will melt your curmudgeonly heart. Oh boy! Uh, and that is the movie. Sorry to bother you. Have you gone to see this yet? I haven't. I haven't yet. I've I've heard that it's very good, though. Um, it is. It is a movie that is nominally about being a telemarketer. Um, it's kind of about like race and racial performance, and also about the intersection of that with like capitalism and exploitation of workers. Um, but it's also a surrealist comedy that is just weird as fuck. It yeah. is so weird. It is like, it is a hell of a trip of a movie. Uh, and I recommend it for that reason. I really like surrealism. Yeah, um, so do I. Yeah, and it's, it's a weird movie, you guys. Like, I could, as, as, as I've seen multiple people say now, like, I could try to describe it, but like, A, it wouldn't do it justice, and B, I'm not sure you would believe me. Oh, that's that's great. I didn't I didn't realize that that was um, released by Annapurna Pictures. Yeah, which is uh, uh, they Annapurna Games did uh, What Remains of Edith Finch and maybe another game that will be uh, important for us to talk about in the immediate future. But for now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, no, I saw that logo come up at the beginning, and I'm like, I thought they were a games company. And the person sitting next to me was like, no, they're a film company that branched into games. I know. Like, it's, that's, they're, a film, they're actually a film company first. Yeah, that's one of those things that I like. I know in the back of my head, but I, I always forget because it's not as immediately relevant to me yeah. as a... I, I associate them pretty much only with games, but... Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I watched... Hereditary. Uh, oh yeah, I saw you. You tweeted that it was really good. It's super good. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it if you're not into uh, horror. There, like, there aren't really jump scares, but it the atmosphere is uh, strong, and there's <laughs> some there's some pretty heavy shit that happens. Uh, like, uh, yeah. So if if that doesn't if that's not up your alley, uh, yeah, I would I'm recommend not... it. But. I kind of almost wish I was into horror because there are so many good, interesting horror movies coming out these days. Like, I don't, I, I didn't see Get Out either because I don't like horror movies, but I've heard that was really fantastic. Yeah, it's. And also, if you like game design, horror gets away with so much shit that's so cheap and so easy and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> good to, to know about to, to put into your games. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where I really liked the movie, and then I found out it's it's about two hours long. Then I found out that the original cut was three hours long, hmm. uh, and it tested so badly because the the theatrical cut like basically gives you a big info dump at the end that ties everything together, um, and it's well done. It doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like a cheap info dump, but just knowing that there was originally an extra hour of content. That will probably never be released. Um, makes me I can upset. See if it's if it's a very tense atmosphere movie, I can see like people not wanting to subject themselves to that for an additional hour. Yeah, but it's I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. The like the tension is is peppered out throughout really nicely, and it built really nicely. Um, and then and then the last twenty minutes were. Uh, my boyfriend has a working theory, which he calls the 20-minute shitstorm, which is uh, <laughs> about how in the last 20 minutes of horror movies, uh, shit just hits the fan. And it's almost exact. It's almost always exactly at the 20-minute mark. Like, he timed it, and I think this time it was, like, 22 or 21 minutes and change before before the end of the movie. So... That I mean, right. isn't yeah. that like most movies? You can, like, time yeah. the... Yeah, the, the, I think it depends a lot on the length of the movie and how they treat their third act. Because, like, that is the third act of a movie. Basically, is the shit hits the storm. Uh, well, the shit hits the fan. That's not the saying, but close enough. The shit storm hits the fan. And, yeah, the shit hits the storm would have an equal effect to the shit hitting the fan. Yes, um, in that there's a lot of shit blown everywhere, um, but. <laughs> The point I was trying to make is that uh, the third act, you know, is the, I guess it's it's the, like, okay, now we're going to deal with the, like, low points of act two and actually do everything. And so it, it that tends to happen in the last act. But that, like, the timing might be a combination of, like, that tendency and the... The, maybe in the genre, the third act tends to be about the same length from movie to movie, and horror movies tend to be of similar length. So, 
percentage-wise, yeah. it I works mean, out to being hereditary, that or Hereditary was, I, I think, longer than a, a lot of horror movies that I've seen. But, like, uh, what was the other one that we watched recently? The other one that we watched recently was um, uh, Evil Speak. Evil Speak is a great movie from the mid-'80s about uh, a boy at a military academy who accidentally summons the devil using a computer that he that he set up in the basement of the military academy which is also for some reason a dungeon <laughs> uh, uh, and he he finds this ancient text from some like medieval catholic uh priest who then i think ended up being excommunicated because he was uh, a heretic and started instead like worshiping Satan. So he finds this guy's book and transcribes it into the computer. And the act, <laughs> the act of transcribing the text into the computer uh, to translate it from Latin to English makes the computer summon the devil. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sure. makes sense. It's really yeah. great. It's really great. Um, but I'm, the, I'm fine with that as a conceit. Yeah, no, the the 20 minute shitstorm for that movie is everything goes off the rails because uh, our main character gains demon powers, and throughout the entire film, he's been bullied by like his fellow classmates, uh, the chaplain at the school, like his superiors, and like the commanding officers, etc. And so he just, just just kills them all. It's it's a very gratifying uh, ending, so. That that's the movies I've been watching recently. Sorry, this is not a movie podcast. That's okay. It might as well be. Uh I I did see on Twitter um so I follow uh Dan Olson who's uh chan he has a YouTube channel called Folding Ideas. Mm-hmm. Um which is one of those, you know, general like sort of literary analysis of movies type shows movies and TV and pop culture stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but apparently he and his friends annually do a, like, princess movie marathon, um, where, because they have, apparently, as the horror genre, uh, the princess genre is, like, its own thing, and there's, like, a ton of, like, B-schlocky terrible movies in this genre. Um, so every year they watch, like, a new three movies... <laughs> Have they ever watched a movie called The Princess and the Pony? I do not know. Possibly. Because, because that is a terrible princess movie that I... My... I I think it was my ex saw it on Netflix and was like, we gotta watch this movie. We gotta watch The Princess and the Pony. And it was bad and I'm glad I broke up with him. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Um, that was the reason. No, it wasn't the reason. Um... Yeah, the princess and the pony. It's about a girl, and I think she doesn't know she's a princess, or maybe she does, and I am just misremembering. But there's also a pony, and they become friends. I mean, that sounds like what's on the tin. Yeah. Um, the I know one of the movies they watched this time was uh, Princess and the Swan Eight, because apparently there are eight sequels or seven sequels to My that movie. God. Yeah, I know, right? That's land before time level of... Wait, was The Princess of the Swan also a Don Bluth? I don't think so. Uh, I think it was in that era, um, but it was like yet a third group that was just kind of trying to capitalize yeah, on the success right. of things. You're right. And I had a I have a friend who uh, 
that was like her favorite movie growing up, and so she had me watch it because I had never seen it, the first one. Um, and she has she has it on like a bootleg DVD copy, nice. <laughs> like where the name of the movie is like written on the disc in Sharpie. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, like, super curious about, like, this whole new world of, like, B-grade princess movies. I feel like that, like, I've been missing out on something. Like, maybe I should do something about this. I'm looking I'm looking now at the, the Wikipedia page for the Swan Princess. Uh, the eighth one is called The Swan Princess, A Royal Mystery. Mystery, it's mystery spelled with a Z instead of an S. I don't... And it has weird capitalization, right? Uh, does it? Yeah, the Z is also capitalized. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's like a CG movie, too. That came out... This this movie came out in March of this year. The year, <laughs> the year of our Lord 2018. They're st- Wow. <laughs> They're still making sequels to The Swan Princess. This, now this is like Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a couple more to go before their Hellraiser, but Hellraiser also had a new movie come out this year. It was okay. It was I went into it with uh very low expectations and it was fine. I met those low expectations. Yeah, it was it, it it exceeded the low expectations, but it's like at this point it's just not Hellraiser anymore, but Pinhead is just kind of there. So, which is to be expected, you know. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. So yeah. much so much learning. Like they've had a movie come out every year for the past three years. <laughs> wow. I mean somebody <sighs> somebody must love these. There must be someone for whom this is like their favorite thing. The authors? Like, I I don't know. I mean, probably not my friend whose, who's like, favorite thing growing up was the first one. I imagine to her these are probably, like, some kind of heresy. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's Also, just... like, the story is based on the, the like, traditional fairy tale slash ballet, yeah. which is covered in the entire first movie, so I don't know what the plot of the rest of these movies is. You know, it's one of those things where I assume that it's just for parents to put their kids in front of because uh if there's one thing that i have learned in the past however many years it's that children are not at all discriminating about what they watch my nephew watched uh a cg show that was just a series of shorts about two worms that live in a sewer and they fart a lot Speaking of speaking of your young uh, relatives, yes, I want you to know that after last podcast, I went and I looked up that Shark Baby song, uh, Baby Shark, the ba- Baby Shark song, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I watched it, and you know what? I was I was unprepared for uh, how much it undermines the traditional narrative format. Um, <laughs> yeah, because. And you tend to think of, and like, I'm actually kind of serious about this. Uh, you tend to think of children's media as being, like, the most absolutely formulaic things in the world because they are, like, teaching kids what they should know about stories. Right? Yes. And so this, like, incredibly bland, repetitive song spends, like, 
five verses getting with you getting to know this family of sharks, right? Like the bulk of the song is about this family of sharks mm-hmm. and how how all the different sharks are in this family. Yes. Uh and then at the very end they introduce a little school of fish and then the sharks chase the fish and then the fish get away which is like not mm-hmm. not how that story should go in traditional narrative arc because the sharks are clearly our the main sharks, characters yeah the sharks are the protagonists and yeah. yet yeah and it's, yet they fail <laughs> but i mean i get why they fail yeah, cuz you it, can't like you can't have like the gruesomeness of like dismembering fish but yeah. like that still was like somehow upsetting to me i'm like that's not how stories are supposed to go i care about these sharks now it's, i want no, them true. to eat are they gonna starve to death yeah i mean especially grandma shark and grandpa shark whose teeth clearly ain't so good anymore yeah exactly <laughs> um, yeah no i i was thinking about that um <laughs> at some point as well i i had the same reaction to it like the you but you know you either have to undermine the traditional narrative structure or teach the children the harsh realities of, of nature. Yes. Yeah. And so I guess they went with the lesser of two evils. Yes. But I mean, is it an evil that animals eat other animals? Well, no, but yeah. like sh- shocking children with it might be, I don't know, for some people. They're going to have to learn about it eventually. You can also just not make your song about the fish because, uh, you know, you already have a song (laughs) detailing a bunch of sharks. Or, I don't know, have a, have a, have a song about the fish family and, and, and have them be your main characters. I'm not saying this is like a bad thing, and obviously it's just kind of a stupid like kid song. But like for whatever reason, this was incredibly jarring to me. It, no, you're not wrong. It's yeah, it's it really it really subverts your expectations. <laughs> I mean, it does. It does, yeah. Um, I was gonna say something and I forgot. Oh yeah, the um with respect to t- teaching children about you know carnivorous animals it's probably not that bad because when I was a kid my favorite movie was Jurassic Park mm-hmm. for a long time like I watched that movie almost every day for a period of time I remember so then again I'm probably a bad uh, <laughs> bad role model, bad in role this model. <laughs> yeah yeah well all you have to do is like you know sharks go chomp is the verse and then you just don't show the fish anymore yeah. And yeah. if they're too young to understand what happened to the fish, then they don't need to know. It's true. What if they start asking questions? Listen, sooner or later, you're going to have to sit down with your kids and have this talk with them about the food chain. And up to a point, you can just lie and say, oh, well, they didn't they didn't eat the fish. They got tired from chasing the fish, so they stopped and had sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On very soggy bread, because this is the ocean. After all, yes. Maybe we didn't need a fish if they had sandwiches. They were chasing the fish for fun. Wink, wink. <laughs> yep, that they sounds were, about like they were just playing what tag. What more would I expect from children's media? But I, I feel like young me, who was very into sharks and was aware of food chains, would be like upset that the sharks were going to starve. 
<laughs> because they didn't catch their fish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, should, should we talk about games, or does anybody have other stuff? Speaking of cold, harsh realities. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> we, for this, uh, for this three weeks it ended up being, uh, we played Papers, Please by Lucas Pope, which is a game that probably most people know about at this point. Um, I mean, it was kind of impossible to avoid hearing about for a while. It's sort of one of those indie darling type games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a game about being a border guard at like a, you know, sort of uh, fake Soviet Union type country and deciding like who to let into the country and who to to decline entry and you you can basically do whatever you want but there's consequences for all of them oh boy are there consequences yeah and it's the mechanic is actually kind of what you would do in that situation you literally have to go over their documents and verify that everything in the documents is correct and accurate um, and you you get paid based on how many people you can process in a given day. So it's there's a very high incentive to do this quickly, but you also get fined if you are incorrect. So you have to do it quickly and accurately. Yeah. And so some of your this, families can die. Yeah. If yeah, if you because you are paying not only for you know it's not just making money. It's a matter of you have uh, a large family living with you and you are supporting them and it costs money to feed them every day and to have heat in the apartment and to pay rent um, and so you literally get to see every every between each day that you're working there's a status page of how your family's doing are they sick are they healthy are they hungry are they warm and if you can't pay for them you watch them like fail and die and yeah. that's real harsh. So there's a lot of incentive to, and it's amazing how much incentive you feel with like literally you never see any of these characters. They are just a circle with like a bubble in, like a name in the bubble. So like, uh, you know, wife, son, mother-in-law. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. uh, okay, grandmother. And uh, but and yet you really feel like you should try and like save them and not not let them die. Well yeah, because everything in this in this setting is so bleak that it's like you got to hold on to the one source of presumably joy in your life, which is yeah. your family, even though you don't explicitly see any of that. Yeah. The implication is strong enough. And also I also mean- the implication that everything has consequences. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like you need to keep them alive because otherwise you're going to get punished. Well, yeah. And I mean, like, to some extent, not keeping them alive is in and of itself a punishment because you feel like shit because your family died. It's interesting, though, that you... I don't think there's a failure state related to your family dying, but there is a failure state to going into debt. Interesting. So if you fail to pay your rent... Yeah. If you, yeah, or if, yeah, basically, if if you don't have enough money at the end of a day to pay your rent, basically, yeah, um, because the food, food and and um, heat are optional. Actually, now I have to double check 
Yeah, food and heat are optional. Rent is not optional. Okay, no, you do. Okay, there is a failure state if your entire family dies. Yeah, I think that happened to me when I first played this a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. There's like 20 endings or something like that. Yeah, most of them are, most of them are failure states. states, yeah. Just a quick question. Did anyone of you finish the game? Yes, and I actually got a good ending on my uh, first try. To be fair, I did do a little bit of save scumming. Like, if a day got off to a shitty start, I would just restart the day. Um, but I did get a good ending on my first try. I, I Which is to say, we, as, my, myself and all my family members escaped across the border into another it. country with an uncertain future. But that's about as good an ending as you get from this game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't finish it. I... I had planned to do that this weekend, and then my weekend filled up very quickly. But I, I got to, like, I don't know, day... It was, like, early, mid-20s, so I was close to the end. And most of that was due to me uh, basically save-scumming, like, if I felt I did poorly on a day, or if I felt like I was not going to be set up well going into the next day, then I would just redo a day or two to try to have, like, a, yeah, a an amount of cash... Saved Better up. funds saved yeah. up, yeah, that's fair. And that was um, probably not. I probably should have just not done that, but. Oh well. I feel like I feel like I had an advantage with this game, um, because I I have naturally what my <clears throat> employer has referred to as a maniacal attention to detail. <laughs> um, so I like this is exactly the sort of mechanic that I feel like. It's not it's not that I necessarily enjoy it because it is very high stress. Yes. But I feel like it's the sort of thing that I am used to doing as someone who does a lot of like proofreading and stuff in their day-to-day uh, activities. Um I'm like used to looking for this kind of data and getting into a flow of like recognizing data and verifying it. Mm-hmm. So I was I was well positioned uh to do well. But it's it's still real hard and it's real stressful if yes. you feel like you're not. And it's and like if you make like one mistake, the entire thing can be ruined. Yeah. But like one day behind, and you're behind on everything forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so there's sort of a duality to this because there's part of it that's about like mistakes that you make because you like didn't do the mechanic well enough. You didn't catch something that you were supposed to catch. Uh, and then there's things that you want to do morally or that you you have a reason to do you have reason to break the rules. The game gives you scenarios in which it encourages you to break the rules and they come in kind of a couple types. Um, there's scenarios where you're the person you're talking to doesn't have the right paperwork but they have like a really good reason like I need to go in for surgery or like my husband just came through and I you know I need I want to go live with him you know please don't separate our family or you know like I, d- I don't have the papers but you know I'm coming here to get married or something like that you know like there's there's social reasons mm-hmm. um, there are journalists that come by sometime with the implication that if you let them in maybe if they see the conditions and write about it like it might cause some political change uh over time mm-hmm. and then there's just like straight up uh like spy factions that are trying to organize some kind of revolution in your country and they ask you for certain favors from time to time uh and I did that last one I was I went full spy in the yeah. in the ending that I 
got after the one where we all flee the border, I got the one where, um, well, first I got the one where I died in prison after that. And then after that, <laughs> I got the one where the, the spy agency recruits me. They like take care, they promise to take care of my family and get them out of the country, and then they recruit me to be a spy. Nice. I think, yeah. And then, so you can, you can do all of that spy shit, but then there's also an ending where you don't do any of the spy shit and you just live out your life as an exemplary border, border crossing <laughs> agent. Yeah. Do you have to turn in the spies to get that ending? Um, I, there's a plot, there was a spot that I went by where the person was like, you would tell me if you had any sensitive documents, wouldn't you? I, and I was really... T- I, I'm like, I wonder if I could just hand him the documents right here I don't that think I have. You, you can do that, and I think you get in trouble. Um, I was I read about the endings because I didn't... Okay. Because I knew... Um, but I think in order to get the good border crossing, you just don't... Don't do the stuff that they ask you to. Like, don't let the people through who they ask you to let through. And then when they actually attack... At the end, I think you actually you do have to, um, you have to shoot them. yeah shoot them. Um, but yeah, there's a thing that happens about midway through where they're like, we we don't have as much funding for yeah. border guards anymore, so you're gonna also have to partly play a border guard. So if somebody tries to hop the fence, we've given you a key. Take out this tranquilizer gun and shoot the person trying to cross. Yeah, and we'll give you bonus pay if you can do that. <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's other ways to get bonus pay as well. There's another like corrupt guard who gets a kickback if you detain people at the border who, like, for suspicious reasons, like if they're bringing in contraband or if they have like forged documents, like the steel yeah, any, isn't correct. Anytime, yeah, anytime you, that you refuse someone entry, you have the option of also detaining them. Most Do of the time, you? there's no reason. I, I think that's true. I think, I think you, I don't think, I think you, you have to click on you have to click on the like once you've seen the discrepancy you have to like do additional analysis on the discrepancy to get that button to appear but I think you can I don't know if that applies for just documents being out of date but I think otherwise I tried to get people or you get the <laughs> you button appeared I yeah I I don't think it does show up for everything but like for things like like their passports out of date or their work visa or whatever's out of date, but I think a lot of the other stuff it yeah. does pop up for. Yeah, so you have the option of do you just send this person away at the at the border or do you have them detained by guards? Uh, and sometimes you don't have the option. Sometimes they, like, make a fuss or do something uh, and you, you know, the, the guards just come automatically and detain them. Um, but most of the time it's sort of up to you and you can get you can get fined, I think, for not detain, detaining criminals, because uh, eventually... So the way the game works is that it starts out with, they just give you their paper, you check to make sure that, like, you know, one or two pieces of information or whatever match, uh, and then you go on. And as the game progresses, there's more and more things that you have to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so later on, one of the things they introduce is they give you a newspaper... Or not, it's not a newspaper, but they give you like a wanted flyer with like, here are some criminals who are currently known to be on the loose and may try to cross the border. So if you see them, detain them. Um, and I think you can get fined for not detaining them. Yeah, probably. And the condi- like, not only is the, the paperwork that you have to deal with pretty consistently being added to, but also the conditions are changing. So like, some days you have to, 
check everyone coming from a certain country for contraband because people from that country are known to be engaged in smuggling operations or there's a trade embargo so you or like yeah or like a a plague breakout and you have to it's quarantine so you know everybody from this country has to have paperwork saying that they're like healthy or whatever yeah so it's it's a it's a really uh i don't want to say it's a punishing difficulty curve but it is it is a challenging difficulty curve but at the same time it does feel fair pretty yeah. much throughout. So Yeah, it's harsh but fair. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. And it, <laughs> yeah. Some of the stuff they yuck you for is just... They go like, oh, the dates are wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you... You, like, deny them access and then, like, well, the dates are right. They were just telling the wrong stuff. Yeah, I, I was never sure about that because sometimes you call them on it, you say, like, oh, hey... Your visa says you're only supposed to be here for a month, and you just said you're going to be here for two years. And they'll say, oh, no, no, I meant two years. And I was never sure if that should count as, like, letting them through or not. If they, like, clearly are correcting themselves after I told them, like, what the correct thing was to say. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that bit, which is fiddly. Yeah. There's also a thing where... I'm not. I'm still not sure. Can you check the weight? Yes. Yeah. How do you do that? There's a little scale icon in the corner that just says how much they currently weigh. Oh. Yeah. So if it's how did I miss that? It's really small. <laughs> it's easy to miss, and it's yeah. one of the things they don't tutorialize. Like they they mention that you have to check their weight, but they don't like show you the button of where the scale is. Um. But yeah, yeah. It, so it's if, like they're, they... if their weight is off, then you can scan them to see if they're carrying contraband. Mm-hmm. And if they're not carrying contraband, then you just let them through because it's okay if their weight's slightly off on their papers. But a lot of times they will actually have contraband on them. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they they don't really tutorialize you about the the weight thing. And they also don't really tutorialize you about the fact that there are lines on the wall behind them indicating their height. Yeah. That was my yeah. that was my least favorite thing to have to check. Yeah, so you have to you have to I verify like they're in the right ballpark for height. Um, they also, I guess, they do t- tutorialize this a little bit, but you also have to police people's gender, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, like it's not presented as a you know you guys are not presented as like the paragons of morality. So like clearly it's not presented as like oh it's totally okay to police people's gender, but it is part of your job is if it looks like their gender doesn't match on their passport, um, you scan them and you get like a scan of their naked body and you verify their genitalia, yeah. and then you and you're supposed to refuse them if their gender doesn't match. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to refuse if anything doesn't match. Yeah. So it's kind of up to you if you, like, think that's a reason to let people through or and, and just, you know, eat the fine, or if you, you know, do what you're paid to do and send them back, which is so, harsh. Yeah. Also, Here's the thing about me playing the game. Every single game I played, I played the same way. And yeah. I just tried to do my best. Uh, as like for the job. Yeah. So did I didn't you care about anything? I was like, oh, this looks all right. Go through. Did you? So did you? You didn't do any of the like spy quest stuff. No. 
I I did so my rule of thumb was like um do do the best you can but I I did all of the spy stuff. Ezik is the name of the the spy society or like mm-hmm. the spying group and they they have you do like at first they're just like okay, when this person comes through, you should let them in. Um but then later on it's like okay, when this person comes through, you need to put this poison on their passport. Um and you like you literally murder someone. But um, is it a spy group? I don't know. There's, they I seem thought to be it was a terror things. organization. Yeah, it is a yeah, it is essentially a terrorist organization, but it's like a it's a covert terrorist organization. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I I would say like by our standards they're like I don't know, revolutionaries, I guess, trying yeah. to bring down the government, which is admittedly not very good. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's pretty murky because some of the shit they do is like not you know, is a little skeevy. Yeah. Um so I mean I feel like that's sort of the case with every, every yeah, group like there's that a gets newspaper, called a revolutionary, so Yeah. There's a newspaper you get at one point that says, you know, like such and such revolutionaries are responsible for like you know, claim responsibility for this attack or whatever. Um and it's like I'm not sure I'm cool with that. <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, like, it's, it's also like, it, it has a certain realism to it in that, you know, you're part of the shadowy organization and you, you know, it's a needs to know kind of thing. They can't tell you what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so you just have to trust and, you know, not question. And maybe that's not a good thing. But, you know, you have no way of knowing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. do we get any indication that, like, Artotska or whatever it's called is actually a bad place? More well, than like, they seem to not get paid that much. Well, I mean, they're armed border guards, and if uh, someone tries to jump the wall, you get immediately shot. Um, I don't know. It's I, it clearly has a lot of um, allusions to real world like Soviet stuff mm-hmm. that you're meant to kind of read into. Um, and I think they, a lot of, in a lot of ways, they rely on the shorthand of you kind of understanding that, uh, and, without explicitly providing it and, for you. And the other thing is that the, this is something that I read, I didn't pick this up on my own, I'm not that smart. Uh, the, the town that your border crossing is located in is called Greston. Greston is and located in the east, east and west. I was saying, so it's, it's, east, it's west Greston or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so right? it's, it's basically east Germany and west Germany. Yeah, yeah, east. East Berlin, West Berlin, uh, yeah. So like their their allusions are pretty heavy handed. Like it's no, it's not, it's not a subtle reference. I mean, so, I I know. think they kind of have to be because I don't know how many uh, Americans at, at at well Carl's not American, but at, at how many people these days are kind of that aware of what um. shit was like in Soviet bloc countries at that yeah. time, so... I guess I, guess I have a... I, like, I was going to say, like, it seems like everybody knows that, but I'm sort of... I am not a good sample size you're, because my mom yeah. grew up in a, in a communist country, Yeah, so. you're really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, like, I know a lot about, like, the, the kind of shitty day-to-day life. And the thing is, like, yeah. it doesn't feel like they're cartoonishly evil. It just yeah. feels like shit sucks. And that's kind of, I think, what it was like. Shit just sucked a lot. Yeah, that's sort of my impression of of how that all went down as well. Um, and the, I think at one point you're talking to a guard who is like, uh, grew up in your hometown, 
And you're like, oh, how's, you know, such and such small town? And he's like, oh, it's a shithole, same as always. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, yeah. There's... And so my rule of thumb for myself uh, for detaining... So so the, there was the... So that was my trade-off with, like, try and do a good job, um, except for the Ezek stuff and one or two little moral cases that I let slide. I think I let through... Um, the wife. The guy who needed surgery. Mm. And I let through the guard's, like, uh, fiancé. Um, and that was it. The question is, do you let through the guy... Georgie? That oh. there was a girl that was scared of a guy. Oh, the... Come later. Oh, the, the sex trafficking. Yeah, and I yeah. did, and she got murdered anyway. But, so I must have done it wrong. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember that, but I don't remember the outcome. Uh, I was talking about um, Georgie about yeah. Georgie, <laughs> Georgie Costava, who comes through with like childishly forged passport. Yeah, first he comes through just like just like saying like uh, everybody hail Arstotska. That means I can come in, right? <laughs> and you're like, no, Georgie, <laughs> that's not how this works. And so then he comes in with like more and more obviously forged documents. Uh, well, no, it's like, first it's obviously forged, then it's like, the not obviously forged, but it's like, uh, old paperwork that's not correct anymore. Um, and then eventually, he has the correct eventually paperwork. Eventually he gets it, yeah. Um, I, just, yeah. I just love his fake passport from Cobra Stan. <laughs> yeah. I almost let him through on the passport from Cobra Stan. I was, like, so proud of him. No, but I, I, let, I let him through when he had the when I couldn't find any flaws in the passport. Yeah, and and at that point you are like actually penalized if you don't let him through because yeah. his passport his stuff's it, it, correct. stuff is valid. Um, I think I wonder if if you let him through on the bad passport, if that invalidates the crossing the border ending. I don't know because the crossing the border ending requires. That because he, he slips you info about a guy he knows who does good passport forgery, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I learned the hard way that you need to have like these base passports." And then he just adds the info. If you don't have the base passports, you can't. He can't do a forgery for you. So then you have to confiscate passports from this certain country illegally, so that your family can have passports for him to forge. Uh, which is a pretty cool thing. And I knew, so at the end of the, um, the session, the, the amount of time, you get a, um, uh, an inquiry, I guess, like, uh, the, you know, the, the head of the whole thing comes to, to talk to you. And when it was like a week away, I'm like, shit, he's gonna know I've been working with the terrorists. Like, what do I fucking do? And then Georgie's like, hey, you know, how's things going? And I'm like, it's not good, Georgie. And he's like, well, listen, I know a guy. If you can get, like, you know, X number of blank passports, um, you know, and, and this much money, I can, like, get you in touch with this guy who will give you, you know, who will get you across the border. And it worked. Like, I had to, I had to illegally confiscate a bunch of passports. Uh, but I got across the border with my entire family, all six members of my family. Dang, nice. Yeah. And it's like 25 bucks. Uh, and you need to have a passport for each person. So, like, there's a lot of groundwork you have to do. It was yeah. not easy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if if he like doesn't if he doesn't know a guy, if you let him in with his bad Cobra stand passport. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm wondering because it's there's a lot of stuff that's like clear down the line consequences for your actions. This is very much a game about consequence, mm-hmm. um, and it. So I, I wonder if that has an effect. There's also a thing you can do uh, in the game that's like a much like quicker cause and effect consequence thing which is if you do certain favors for people you'll get like a special coin from their country and it's just a like hey try and collect all these coins type thing um so i I think i got two of them out of the like six possible or seven possible or whatever it is i don't remember how many yeah i don't um you get one from georgie when you eventually let him in regardless of of when when he does that yeah and there's, once you let him in, he becomes a smuggler. Like, he literally crosses again later, and he's, like, carrying contraband. And uh, if you if you get him arrested for that, he says something like, Oh, I don't blame you. You're just doing your job. It's fine. Yeah. And, uh, and the second time that you do it, he's like, Oh, it's fine. The guards and me, we know each other well by now. <laughs> so. Can you detain him? I did, because he was on the wanted poster. And if I didn't detain him, I would have gotten fined. It's nice that that Georgie doesn't hold grudges. <laughs> yeah, he's very cheerful about it. He's a good boy. Good, good mean, boy, Georgie. He is bringing drugs into your country, so it's, like, not the greatest thing morally to be, like, on his side, but he's very plucky. It's hard to, it's hard to dislike him. Yeah. So Which I is- just realized this game is actually Long Live the Queen. <laughs> A slow and tedious Long Live the Queen. You know, it kind of is. In some ways, yeah, I could see that. Except usually you don't die immediately. You just have, like... In Long Live the Queen, if you do something wrong, you often just die right there. Whereas- or you die at, like, week 50 from dogs. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's true. You do have to lay a lot of groundwork um, for later things as well in Long Live the Queen. But, uh, I don't know. You can't die from chocolate in this game, so there's that. Also, I'm pretty sure there are no snakes. Except for the cobra in Cobra Stan. <laughs> yeah, except for the metaphorical snakes. Yeah, There was another game that um, I was thinking about in relation to this one, but I was thinking about it while I was driving, and I have since forgotten Oh uh, no! But what that was, so that was a dumb thing for me to say because there was really no point to it. But yeah, I no, I definitely like it's. I think it's interesting to look at this game alongside you know like a variety of other stuff because it does things that are. I don't know. It does a lot of stuff that to make you feel really invested and like put upon in ways that are pretty subtle. Um, and I think a lot of other games try to do similar things to varying degrees of success. Yeah. There's also a series of Twine games that I, um, that I have read in the past called, uh, You Will Select a Decision. And it's a, a guy made a bunch of Twine games and, uh, two Twine games. And the, the premise is that they are recovered choose your own adventure games from like Soviet era Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> they're they're pretty great. I recommend them. So yeah, nice. That's good to know. Um, 
I don't know. What were some of the other, like, interesting morality choices? So there was, like, the... There was the, the women who were, like, prostitutes who were, like, I'm afraid that if you, you know, if you don't let me into the country, there's a man following me, and if you don't let me in, uh, he's going to kill me. Yeah. Um, um, there's, there's, a, there's a guy, there's one, at one point there's a, like, uh, like a dangerous pedophile on the loose who, like, escaped from prison, and there's a guy who wants you to let the guy through and but take his passport and then give the passport to this this rando guy uh, and then he'll use it to like track the guy down and murder him in the country hmm. uh, and it's like I, okay or I could just let justice deal with him like I, I I don't have any qualms about like you know I'm, I'm sure the justice in my country is going to be plenty harsh enough for this guy probably yes um, there's, I mean, there's multiple points where people try to hop the border. There's suicide bombers. Um, oh, yeah, that's one thing that, so you do get um, paid based on how many passports you process. But a lot of days, someone, like, just tries to hop the border, and then the border just gets closed down for the rest of the day. And it's like, well, you just can't make money for the rest of the day. Sorry. Yeah. Um... What else? So there's there's the guard that gives you a kickback if you detain um, detain people. There's oh for well part of the Ezek thing is that you mysteriously get a gift of uh, one thousand or two thousand. Oh yeah. Um, whatever the yeah dollars credits effectively or whatever. Yeah. And then what happens if you take that because you have the option of burning the money in both cases and I burned it both times so what happens is your neighbors immediately notice or like after a day or two they notice that uh, you've got all this extra money so your funds get seized and then Ezek sends someone else through who will basically make the investigation into you go to we- go away and you just get that money back I, I believe um I, I burned it as well, so this is just based on what I've read. Um, mm. But if you don't let that person in, then you just you I I don't remember if you lose the game immediately or if they just take away all of your money that you had up to that point. So you'll basically lose it because of debt. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I was yeah. like, if I if I keep this money, that this is too much money. They're gonna know I'm I'm gonna like they're gonna catch me because like nor- on a normal day you earn maybe like. If you're really good, you earn maybe like sixty bucks and pay like forty five bucks in 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 bills. Mm-hmm. So like if you're doing really well, that's about like average. If you but like they give you like first a thousand and then two thousand dollars, yeah. And it's like that is re- a really conspicuous amount of money. I mean, I took money. Yeah, I was pretty sure some would happen, but I was also pretty sure that people would die. So 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 how did it, how did it go with taking the money? Were you able to just like get it back or did you get it seized? Um I think that run ended before I got it back. <laughs> but I, I, I got the second one through. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to Yeah, I think um, you I think you let Oh, okay, so now I'm looking at it. If you let her through um I think it looks like two days later you get your money back. Um, and if you don't let her through, then you just get arrested. 
and you and you lose the game. So yeah. Also, uh, this is not this is not a big moral choice, but if if you have enough money to buy a gift for your son's birthday, I he, did that. He I did does that. I was so little, it made me so happy. He does you buy a little him crayon drawing. Yeah. He he really wants your son really wants an expensive crayon set for his birthday, and if you have the money to spare. You can buy him a crayon set, and he makes you, like, a little crayon drawing of you that says, like, Hero Varstotska. <laughs> and it's the sweetest thing, and you can put it up on the little wall. And if yeah. you have it if you have it on the wall when the inspector comes, he says something like, What is this filth? You're not supposed to have stuff on the walls that's not official plaques. Yeah. Oh. But you if you fined. want, when he's walking towards the stand, you can quickly hide them. And then when he leaves, just put them back up. <laughs> Which nice. I totally did. Nice. Uh, yeah. So the inspector also wants you to break the rules. He has, like, a an old flame, possibly a prostitute, it's unclear, uh, who he, like, invited to join him. And he wants you to let her across, even though she doesn't have the paperwork for it. And I did, because I didn't want to get in trouble. Hmm. But I don't, like, I don't know what happened. I assume he's grouchier if you don't let her through. Yeah, I, see, I, um, I was worried that that was, like, a trap. Oh, interesting. So, um, what happened, what happened because you didn't let her through? You lose the game. Oh, no! Really? <laughs> yeah, you get fucking arrested. I think that's, I think that's, I think that was, like, one of the last days that I played, because I got so annoyed at that. I was, like, I was just trying to do, like, I thought I was going to be getting, like, trapped into breaking the rules. I was just doing my goddamn job. (laughs) Interesting. On on what grounds did they arrest you? Um, because you detained her, because it's, like, her stuff was bad. I don't remember, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was, I was... Can you dismiss her without detaining her? Um... Hang on, let me look. Yes. So I probably could have, yeah, I mean, I could have just not done that, but I was also trying to get extra money for detaining people. (laughs) You were trying for the bribes. Yeah. (laughs) Which, that was actually probably my, my, my own fault. I could have just left her alone. Oh, well. Does the, does it say if there's, like, what the consequences are if you send her away without detaining her? It just says denying her may anger him. Mm, okay. So I guess he just comes, shows up, and is pissy. Or the next time you have a an, ex, an inspection on the last day, or second to last day, whatever, um, he's probably just shitty. Yeah, I mean he's pretty shitty to you, regardless. Yeah. So it doesn't improve things much doing what he said, but he does say something like, "Eh." Maybe it's not so bad out here, you know, away from all the politics in the in the capital or whatever. Um, so he says something like vaguely op- optimistic, but not particularly com- complimentary. If you do let her through, yeah. Um, I kind of want to go through and like see a lot of these endings, but I also don't want to like put myself through that again. I mean, it is pretty. Like tedious and yeah, I mean intentionally so. Yeah, but you don't want to like do it multiple times in a row. Yeah, I got so I got my first ending, and then I got all of the endings that I could find that 
that involved me just going back and playing like one day differently, basically, or one or two days differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so there's one where, um, if you're working for Ezik, there's a point where they give you a second key to a gun cabinet that has a real gun, not a tranquilizer gun. Uh, and there's a man waiting in line who's in red. And when the, the alarm goes off, they say, don't shoot the guy trying to cross, shoot the man in red with the real gun. Um, and if you do this, like, you will be caught, um, but we will take care of your family. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, so I didn't do it the first time around, but then on the way, you know, like, after after having beaten it, I went back and did that day. And you do indeed get arrested, and Ezek does indeed promise to uh, take care of your family for you. Um, but it's... Uh, they, they do mention in their letter, like, you know, there's a new... There's now a new border crossing guard, and he is not as... Uh, you know, he's not as understanding as you are, so it, that has hindered our operations. Mm-hmm. So really, like, the better Ezek ending is to not get caught there to not shoot the guy in red and instead to just like keep taking missions from them and then again if you do the thing they said um, on the very last day there is an uprising and they say don't shoot the person trying to cross you will be fine um, like this is our this is our chance this is like the time where we're actually going to do it we're going to break down the, the wall and so if you do that then Ezek like gets your family out of the country and recruits you to be a spy. Yeah. I mean, you could just do what I did and, and read about the rest of the ending. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. I mean, like I said, most of them are most of them are fail states um, that can happen anytime or at any time after fulfilling certain requirements. Like if you if you shoot a random person after you get the gun, <laughs> then then that then that ends the game. If you shoot a guard, that ends the game, you know, so. Yeah, I could see that. Um, the... Ah, shoot. What was I going to say? Oh, the thing I like most about the Ezek missions is that they do feel very clandestine. Like, they literally give you, like, little papers that you have to decode and, like... Um, you know, the, like here's here's one piece with a bunch of letters and another decoder piece that's given to you by someone else, and you put one on top of the other, and you can like read a person's name, and you're supposed to let that person through. And there's a lot of stuff that is procedural in the game in a way that makes you feel like you're actually doing it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's this physical spy stuff. There's the stuff with confiscating passports, uh, where it doesn't feel like you should even have the option to confiscate a passport if it's not. Like, if that, that's not an, one of the rules in the rule book, but if you want passports to get your family out of the country, you totally have to just use that mechanic when it's not called for, mm-hmm. which felt like very much like I was breaking the game, which meshed really well with the context of, you know, you are going against the rules in the government here. Yeah, so. and, and just the way that the um, the interface works, like, they, they slide their papers through the window, and then you... Click, drag the papers over to an area where you can read them better, and then you like you're physically, air quotes, physically shuffling these papers around. Or, like, yeah, as things though can you get were... lost underneath other things, yeah. and, like um, on top of stuff. And, and then the desk, and then... the desk is the best 
thing about this game. Yeah, it's really yeah, great. The desk, desk is real solid. And and then you like gather their papers back and give them back to the person. Yep. Like it's it's yeah yeah. It's uh, the, the, very, there's a lot of physicality to the interface. Yeah, the the UI was one of my favorite parts of this game, honestly, just because it it mm, it makes it really easy to embody. The yeah, stuff it's very you're embodied, and it's and it's not it's not for nothing, right? Like it adds a layer of complexity and difficulty to the game because you have to make sure that you like organize the papers in a way that makes them easily readable so you're not like losing someone's document behind something else or you you know you have the two pieces of things you need to compare side by side that kind of thing like you actually have to be like detail oriented and organized and like conscientious in order to do well and it makes the upgrades eventually you get the option for upgrades which give you like shortcuts through your handbook hot or keys, yeah. hot keys to do like hotkeys um to you know, bring out your stamps or the, you know, whatever. And it, it makes it like, oh man, like I really want that, but I, like, should I spend the money on it? And it gives you, you know, another, Does another. It? I really liked having the, um, the shortcuts in the my shortcuts handbook. The notebooks, I, I feel like were really helpful. For me, the hotkeys were not as useful because I kept, I was so used to doing it the yeah. other way, I kept forgetting that I had them. And yeah. also, like, all you're doing in the game is like move your mouse around this small space in the right corner. And when you when all the buttons are already there, you don't really need the shortcuts. You the don't ha- need them, yeah. but they I mean they they do make it a little bit faster, which is it can become important if you're really trying to hustle people through. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very good at being like my my basic, I wasn't sure how much I would even have to say on this, because my basic, like, sum-up thoughts on this game is, it is a game that does the thing it's trying to do very well. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, whether or not that thing is your cup of tea is kind of, you know, a personal thing, um, but it very much gives you all of the sensations that it's trying to, which is the sort of, like, you know, tediousness of the actual work and the sort of really weird power dynamics involved because on the one hand, you your hands are completely tied because you need to make the money to, you know, to support your family. And if you don't do this shit, then, you know, they're going to die. But on the other hand, to the people coming through, you wield all the power mm-hmm. because you have this, like, life or death power over them based on whether you choose to to stamp their passport and if you think they have a good enough reason you can go against the rules and let them in um and it's the the cool thing about the sneaking across the border ending is you um you're going to like Georgie's uh home country and to get there you have to go through a border crossing just like yours and the moment where you're sitting there having handed him forged passports and they really draw it out too like he takes them in and it's like pause pause and then you start hearing the the noise of the stamps the like kachunk 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 and it goes for the, so there's six passports if you get all one for all your family members and you are by the way allowed to escape with just some of your family yeah as long as you have at least one passport you can escape and bring however many people you have passports for with you um but so what they do is I had six passports, and after passport five, there's a pause. So it goes like, ka-chunk, 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 dot, dot, dot. And I was like, 
heart in my mouth. And then it's like, ka-chunk. And it's like, passes and back. It's like, alright, you're good. Go ahead. Combined, all of them. <laughs> and I know, I was like, I was like, oh god, I don't even know which stamp he's using. This is so fucking tense. Like, this is how it must have felt to be on the other side. <laughs> like, my life is in his hands. Yep, that's good. I got, I got really stressed. But <laughs> you're supposed to. That's the point. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> A plus use of of the mechanics. And the and the embodiment just, you know, adds to it. Um, and is really well done. And it's, it's, it's just incredibly well crafted. Down to, like... When you first start up the game, like the logo marches onto the screen. Yeah. The logo Which is fantastic. To yeah. this like big, you know, heavy beat Soviet era like <laughs> military sounding tune. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, it <laughs> Yeah, I forgot all about the music and how good it is. Um I mean there's not really there's not really any music like in the day to day, but the the menu music is pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. The 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 yeah the interstitial music is 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 all very like it all matches very well tonally to each other. Mm-hmm. Um. So good job on Lucas <laughs> and and everybody that helped out with the game. Like it's it's very well put together. I can see why it was such a an acclaimed indie darling at at its time. Yeah. It makes me think of um uh what? I guess I guess this was after Cart Life, which is <laughs> which is sort of my understanding is it's sort of a similar thing uh where I I haven't actually played it. I've just heard about it, but you um you are like a a food cart operator. Um, yeah. and it's, it's basically about just like trying to make enough money to survive. Yeah, make ends meet. Yeah. Yeah. I have three hidden achievements that I don't know what they are. Hmm. Cause there's, they show you what there, that there's an achievement for each of the tokens that you can get. And I missed, I got two and I missed five. Did you do the uh, one for the guy who wanted you to give out his business cards? I think that was maybe the R. Stutzka one. I did that, and I didn't get an achievement for that. Oh yeah, the, I got the Arstotska token for that. Yeah. Okay. Um, the so I don't know if you have on whatever wiki you're looking at if you have a list of the achievements. Um, uh, I have a list of the tokens. Let me see if there's a list of oh achievements. Yeah. Yeah. So the achievements I got was hired rifle, which is kill the man in red. Mm-hmm. Uh, member of the or- order, which is help Ezek overthrow the government. <laughs> Uh, and snowier pastures, which is escape to Oberstan, which is that ending that I was talking about. Uh, okay, so the ones that you don't have are the one that you get for playing the game entirely straight, which mm. um, the achievement is called Glory to Arstotzka. <laughs> um, the oh, so you mentioned when when the inspector comes by and says like, "Do you know anything about this shadowy terrorist organization?" Um, I didn't realize you can just give him the the papers that as yeah, that's what you. I was asking. Yeah. It's yeah. like, can you just can you just yeah. like pass him the the all the like spy stuff yeah. that they gave you? You apparently can, and it ends the game. Uh, but you get an achievement for it, and the achievement is called Too Honest. Oh shit! You get arrested <laughs> for having that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the final achievement is to get a class five apartment. Oh, I could have done that too if I hadn't been working for Ezek. I had enough money. Yeah. Uh, but. And then the rest of them are all the token. 
And I guess you could do it if you are working for Ezek because you can, if you get all that, that huge amount of money that they give you, you could just get a better apartment. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Solid game. Solid game. Re- the- recommend, recommend if you're in the right frame of mind <laughs> yeah. to like, for some real, like, stoic, uh, bleak shit. Yeah, one of these days I think I, I will finish it. It's just like, man, my, my anxiety really takes over what it's like. Oh yeah. man, like I got a citation and I could have, I probably could have gotten through that day without getting a citation, so let me just do that day again. Yeah. I think if you, it's from the, uh, as far as it sounds like you played it, I think, you know, you played it definitely enough to get the gist. Yeah. I'm not sure that there's a lot more to be gained from like playing it that much longer. Um, uh, it's, I'm so close though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, it's worth, playing if you're if you're considering playing it like it's worth playing at least like a dozen days or so just to see all the different kinds of variations you can get and like it's cool to get to see all the rules and all the mechanics if you can you know play it long enough to do that yeah it's pretty easy to get like all the all the mechanics mm-hmm. of the game but yeah. if you want like the big narrative endings have to play for all of it. Yeah, and uh, there's also, like, even though you get all of the, like, strictly speaking mechanics pretty early, like fingerprinting and, you know, using this the, the x-ray and stuff, um, the variations on them keep changing in terms of, like, what what papers you're expected to look at and what types mm-hmm. of papers are on offer and who you're supposed to confiscate passports from and all of that. That's, like, basically shifting right up until the end. Yeah. God, I got I got so mad when they when they added um like so forged, forgeries or forged seals. Oh yeah. Um, actually, yeah. what I what I ended up doing uh, in instead of going into the handbook was I just pulled up a photo, like a picture on the internet of like what do the real seals look like versus the fake ones that I just yeah, I did I did detain I did detain people who were uh, who were using fakes. So my rules for detaining were um, I detain people who are trying to smuggle something, uh, people who are trying, and people who are trying to come in with obviously faked information. So, like, a, a passport that's got, like, a, a wrong name on it or, like, the wrong fingerprints uh, or, you know, people who, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Any, anything where it seemed like they were trying to illegally uh like pull something over on me, I would detain them. Everything else, I would just send them away. Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair way of doing it. I yeah yeah. I just I got to get that money. Got to get that cash money. <laughs> uh, and that was one of the things is if they had a fake seal, I that was one of my detain uh, criteria because I'm like oh like maybe you didn't know that the seal was like when you got it that you were getting it from someone sketchy but you should have gotten you should have gone through like legit channels to get this so if you have something incorrect like no sympathy i'm detaining you yeah even if they need surgery the surgery guy i let through um for whatever reason like i i think because so oh that's so that's actually I also, <laughs> later on, um, in an effort to just raise more money, I did let through anybody who offered me a bribe large enough that it would cover their citation. Yeah, that's that's fair. 
So if they offered me more, because it's like $5 to get a citation and you lose $5 uh, for not getting a, a getting them through properly. Um, so if they offered me more than $10, I'd let them through. Yeah. I was okay with taking small bribes. That's fine. I didn't, I didn't let through any of the journalists, though. What happens if you let through the journalists? I don't remember. Like, I know, I remember letting them through at least one, but I don't remember Do what happens. Do they write about the, about the, like, atrocities going on? Uh, let me see if I can find... I can't find anything about it. Um, Maybe just nothing changes, which was which would be in itself a kind of sad commentary. Uh. <laughs> so, has anyone of you seen the movie? No, but I I know about there's it. There's a movie. There's a yeah. There's a short. There's film, a movie, like an official short film that was made. Oh, God, that sounds depressing. Yeah, that's why, that's why I haven't watched it. Apparently, they, it just changes, like, text in the newspaper if you let them through. Mm. So. So, so you don't, you don't foment revolution by letting in journalists. Yeah. Well, then I'm not sorry that I sent them back, because they didn't have the right paperwork. Yeah. They're just waving a piece of paper at me that says press pass on it. And I'm like, listen, I got nothing in my books. That says that is a valid document. You're gonna get, you're gonna cost me my job. Go away. Look, lady. Listen, listen, lady. <laughs> I ain't got time for you. I don't, I don't know what I should be doing. A different accent for this. Uh, but there, I is, don't. there is no time. <laughs> I have no time for such things. Yes. You call. You go. You come back with correct papers. Cobrastan is not even the real country. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. Oh man. Georgie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Anything, uh, any other parting words? We could talk about the art style, I guess, which is just appropriate for it. It's kind of bleak and Soviet. Yeah. The UI is all incredibly minimalist. It's just, like, blank pages with, like, buttons (laughs) where there need to be buttons. I would say I like it for the most part, but it's hard to see sometimes so, yeah, like sometimes if their photos match and yeah. if they're on the wanted poster maybe intentional because like the, the photos that you're looking at are these kind of like grainy low res photos and then the people who actually show up have like slightly more high res pixel art Yeah. so it can yeah. be hard to tell if something matches or not but you have a tool that lets you check if there is a discrepancy or not so you can check to see if things match um, but you know, if you're if you're wrong and there is no mismatch, then uh, it just wastes time basically to use that tool. Yeah. So I had a wanted person come in, mm-hmm. and I was looking at my wanted poster and met her, and was like, "Yeah, she's not wanted." And I let her through. <laughs> I was like, "That's a great mental image of you, like looking yeah. back and forth between this woman and the poster and the woman and the poster. And you're like, "Yeah, you're fine. Go on through." She was wanted. Yeah. That happens. I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of the people coming through, it's all like, some stuff is is directly scripted, but a lot of it is also randomized. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't just replay a day and like remember exactly who you're letting through and exactly who you're refusing because it changes. Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, I think important for replayability. But, Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, speaking of replayability, I think if you get the um, Glory to Arstotska achievement where you, you do it all by the books, I, I believe that's how you unlock um, Endless Mode. Is it not unlocked to start with? Uh... I'm just looking at the thing, and that's what it says. I didn't actually try to play oh, interesting, it in this mode. It's, Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's a menu on the option, but I, or it's a, it's an option on the menu, um, but I did not try to play it, because it seemed like, why would I want endless mode? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, it, the whole, oh. it gives you a code to unlock it in that ending. So I guess you have to, like, you click on the endless mode, and it'll ask you for a code, ah. which does not appear to be different across... Um, across games like it's so okay. it's just so if you want to play endless mode i guess it's uh six two one three one okay. sure it's, it's and it's hilarious that that's what unlocks it because it's like wow you must really like doing this mechanic if yeah. all you did was do this mechanic with no like thought to the narrative well as a reward you can just keep doing this mechanic forever yep I wonder what this like. Is there scoring in it? Are you do? Does it keep track of like your processing rate? Do the rules change over time? Uh, like, let's see. There, there is a time. There's a timed yeah. mode, which is process as many travels as possible in ten minutes. So you get one point for every one you process correctly. Um, one point and an extra five seconds for every one that you detain. And you lose 30 seconds for every one that you process incorrectly. There's uh, perfection mode, which is you just, just lose as soon as you do something wrong. Yeah, you 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 um, it ends the game when you get a citation, and um, you get 10 points for every entrant correctly processed in the first minute. One less point for each minute that passes until you end up at one point per mm. entrant, and then from there on out it's just one point until the game ends. And then uh, endurance mode play until balance goes negative, avoid penalties. So one point for everyone you process correctly, two points for everyone you detain, um, negative five times n points for each incorrectly processed entrant where n is the number of citations received. So that you get, like, so you lose 5 for the first one, and then 10 for the next one, and then 15, and so on? I would assume so, yeah. And then and then if you get below 0, you lose. Interesting. Which so, is yeah. complicated. <laughs> so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of ways to, if you just really like the mechanic, there's a lot of ways to keep playing it. And I could see that. There is a certain, there's a certain satisfaction to it. Not to the point where I would want to keep playing it. <laughs> I mean, for some time, there's a satisfaction to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it is like it is intentionally tedious. So also, I guess it lets you change, lets you uh, pick the rule set. Um, ah. So the first set is you just need the passport, entry permit, work pass, and ID card, and then it adds the ID supplement for foreigners, the diplomatic authorization for diplomats. And then the next level is it adds the grant of asylum and the vaccination certificate. Um, and then the last one is it gives you the access permit instead of the entry permit and ID thing. So, mm, right. so Which basically, I really found yeah. harder than the... It's supposed to be easier because it's one document with all the information instead of two separate documents. But I somehow... Maybe just because I was used to processing the other one, I found it harder to process that. Yeah. 
So, hear me out there. Okay. Competitive papers, please. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If, uh, and if you, if you refuse someone, they try the other person's line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us, tell us about, um, tell us more about this, Carl. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, this, this needs to be an esports. I'm just the idea guy. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Uh, man, so the hardest thing for me, this is like, I feel like we've covered everything. I don't know if I even need to mention this. The worst thing for me in terms of trying to catch, uh, was when it was in the, 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 like, city of issuing for the passport was incorrect because I never wanted to go through the, the rifle through the book and make sure that the towns actually belonged to the countries that they said they were from. I'm like, so, fuck that. The people who have an incorrect, uh, you know, incorrect issuing city, I'm just gonna get a citation for. This was, like, the thing I did. That was, like, the first thing I did. I was always super, super, like. Conscientious. Yeah, about. And I about mean, it getting is. Getting the city right. It is one of the first pieces of information they give you. So, like, if you're very eager at the front, you're like, okay, I can just memorize all of like which cities belong to which places and I, I was going to at first but then like I didn't in time for all the other information coming in and I'm like eh fuck it yeah I the thing that I always ended up getting tripped up on was I would just forget to like double check the gender so I, <laughs> I got quite a few citations where the gender didn't match and I yeah. just I didn't like check or I didn't point it out yeah, I had a couple of them at first until I, like, specifically put it on my mental checklist of, like, all right, check A, B, C, D, and, like, put gender on there. Um, but that that one is tough to catch. Yeah. I, I had problems with gender at first, but then it was, like, photo. I oh, always yeah. missed photo. Yeah, like, I didn't even bother to look at their face. I don't know if they look correct or not. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, recommended. Definitely. Check it out. If, I mean, if you are one of a small percentage of people who hasn't already, I <laughs> yeah. would assume. And if you don't mind your games being kind of bleak. I understand that this might be a tough, like, moment in history to <laughs> to subject yourself to this. But maybe that's True. a reason why it's important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are certain there are certain things about it which reflect a lot of problems that we're currently having in the States. True. Um and you know a lot of like xenophobia stuff and it's it might be worth like the perspective on it and you get to do spy shit yeah Maybe, and you can if do, you want and you can and you can do spy shit you can be a terrorist be a terrorist if you yeah. want i i mostly did that not out of any feeling for uh you know like wanting to overthrow the government but because the spy shit was cool <laughs> yeah that's that you know that's sort of like my rule of thumb in any game where I have moral choices is which which path is more narratively interesting. And spy shit is definitely way more interesting than just doing your job do, by the books. Do what you're I told. Like doing my job. <laughs> I mean that's a totally valid option, so Yeah, but man, how often do you get to do spy shit? I mean Not can't they do enough. spy shit and have valid passports? <laughs> You would think, as spies, they'd be better at getting, like, forged documents, but no. Yeah, that's true. But then, like, the forged documents is one thing, and then eventually they do make you, like, you know, murder people. Oh, I should say, the, to be fair, the first ending I got 
was not actually the escape ending. But I don't count it because it doesn't it doesn't give you a special ending. It just takes you back to the main menu. The first ending I got was from accidentally poisoning myself with the poison that they gave me. <laughs> oh no. Cuz there's like a you have to unfold it and there's a spot while you're unfolding it that says like you know, this is the poison, do not touch this. And I couldn't figure out how to unfold it properly the first time, so I just clicked on the poison, and then it just, like, fades to black and goes back to the main menu. Oh, no. I'm like, fuck, I guess I died. <laughs> Suicide by incompetence. Basically. So that was fun. But after that, the first ending I got was a good ending. <laughs> well, that's good. Alright, shall we talk about the next game? Yes, we shall. Uh, Alright, so the next game that we are going to be playing is Gorogoa, uh, which is G-O-R-O-G-O-A. Um, this is an indie puzzle game from a few years back. Uh, I saw it when it was originally at IndieCade and was, like, super enamored with it, like, was, you know, really excited to get to try it. Um, it's got... So it is a sliding tile puzzle game there are up to you have a little grid of up to four tiles and each uh, and you can like slide them around in you know between each other it's not a sliding tile puzzle in the sense of like you know the the number puzzle ones where you can only slide into an empty space this oh, one thank you can, god like, yeah no it's not that, it's not that. <laughs> as uh, soon as you said sliding tile puzzle i was like wait a minute no i regret agreeing to this yeah, in, in that it has four it has four tiles and you can slide them around okay, okay but you can like slide them into each other to like swap their places and okay um and you can do but the um so there's up to four of them and the the verbs you have are slide tile around zoom in on a tile and zoom out on a tile and that's it um, and through it it does this really ingenious narrative puzzle solving thing where like based on what tiles you like put next to each other or on top of each other and what area of the tile you're in at a given time and things like that you you solve all these environmental puzzles um, and it's like gorgeously you know each one is hand illustrated um, just like Gorgeous visuals, uh, really kind of atmospheric uh, visual and sound design. Um, I don't know. I think it's a very like sleek and creative little puzzle game. There's a lot of puzzles that are not like other puzzles that I've ever seen in terms of like the way this game is structured. Uh, so I highly recommend it. Um, one of the reasons we're playing it is because I have just played it recently, uh, and I'm going on vacation for the next two weeks, so we needed something that uh, I don't have to spend a lot of time with. Uh, but I recommend it. If you get it on mobile, it's $5. Uh, on Steam, it's 15 Um And I recommend getting it for mobile if you have that opportunity, because it, it the interface feels like it's designed for touch. You're not going to... Excuse me. You're not going to miss anything significant um, if you... You know, if you get it for Steam or whatever, um, but it it does feel appropriate on to have it be uh, be touch based, and it's only like an hour long. It's a pretty short experience, uh, so maybe like two hours max, depending on how bad you are at the puzzles. I feel uh, like I'm gonna be really bad. It's possible, but <laughs> I mean, they're I found them intriguing enough that like I I only got like really really stuck once and I really didn't want to look it up because I'm like I know when I get this 
I'm going to feel real clever, and I don't want to deprive myself of how clever I'm going to feel when I get this. And then I did get it. So it's it's worth, I, I don't know, it's worth taking the time to, like, sit. And to some extent, it's all permutations, right? There's mm-hmm. only so many tile positions that you can have. So you have to get it eventually, even just through brute force. Um, but sometimes that would be a lot of brute force. I'm very so, patient, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cool. And uh, I liked it a lot. We'll see. Um, maybe, you know, I could see it being not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I thought it was really, really rad, so. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. And that is, it is also published by Annapurna, which is why we mentioned that earlier yeah. in this podcast. Um, it is by Buried Signal is the name of the studio, and then it's published by Annapurna Interactive. So you can get it as a bundle with what remains of Edith Finch. Oh, can you? Yeah, I saw that. So if you listened to our podcast on what remains of Edith Finch, and that sounded good to you, uh, which that was definitely the the more interesting of the two games that we played for that podcast. Yeah, uh, I recommend that one as well. I actually had already forgotten that we talked about Dear Esther as well on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> just remember the, yeah. the Finch one. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. You've got about two weeks to try it out. As I say, it's a pretty short experience. Um, so yeah. Yeah. And it's extremely pretty. It is very pretty. I'll be curious to talk with you guys about what you think the story is, um, because it's all told wordlessly, um, and there's some of it that's kind of, let's say, open to interpretation. No, no, uh, not one of those games. <laughs> so, are we going to fight story, again? The story is not like a super important part. I think it's it's purely enjoyable for just the puzzles, um, but yeah, the story is very vague. So we'll see. We'll see what you guys think. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, plugs. Plugs. Yes. Uh, hello. I'm Kelso. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Kelso Time Bomb, and also you can find me here in this web zone, the podcast web zone, <laughs> where you already are. Yep. Uh, I'm Kyla. I'm at Kyla underscore Go on Twitter. Uh, I also do a weekly Sunday morning podcast uh, not podcast, sorry, stream on Twitch where I play uh, old video games that people have a lot of nostalgia for that I didn't play when they were new uh, we're currently playing Super Metroid which is pretty exciting it's a very well designed game um, yeah, check that out yeah, and I'm Carl you can follow me on Twitter at Skug3 there you go and we have a podcast <laughs> yeah, it's this one. It's this one. It's this one. So if you, uh, you know, if you want, tweet at us. Yeah, if you want to be on another episode in the future, maybe you really like sliding tiles, and you want to <laughs> come talk to us in two weeks, you can do that. Yeah, we yeah. like having guests. We haven't had guests in a while. We haven't. It's true. So... Get on it. Thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, we will see you in two weeks, probably. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I need to move my laptop. (laughs) Did you hit it again? Yeah. (laughs)